I'm a dad of three kids. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've got Elisha, um, who's with the under fives currently. He's jumping in and serving. What a man. What a good man. Starting early, loving the house, helping out, pitching in. Nothing wrong with that. It's good. Um, Micah, who's wagging kids' church this morning, he's here. That's fine. I don't mind. He wants to hear a good word. And gee, I hope I live up to it, you know? Anyway, and then I've got my daughter, Brielle, who's, um, who's, I don't care what anybody says, she's absolutely perfect uh, in every way. She's my, uh, my darling. Um, and I'm also married, uh, just in case you're, wonder- you're wondering where the kids came from. Married to Therese. Now, Therese will probably be embarrassed for me to talk about this, but... Um, no, no, it's not chocolate sauce. <laughs> when um, um, Therese is the most beautiful woman I've ever laid eyes on, 100%. 100%. She's gorgeous. And uh, my, my, when I, when, uh, one time, Therese and I, when we were dating, uh, and my, we bumped into my nana, that's my mum's mum, and... Um, afterwards, I was talking to my nan, and she said, she's very easy on the eye. <laughs> and I went like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we're, so yep, we're married. Um, 20, 21 years. Going on 22. Man, it's amazing. I don't know how she puts up with me. I really don't. How long um, can... If, if, Who's been a Christian for longer than um, five years? Holy moly. So, five, let's do it again. Five, how many? Um, and 10 years? And 20 years? You know, like, this is, the, this is the thing. I don't get to speak very often to you guys. I speak at the night, and I can be a little bit more loose and crazy and, um, and, and just kind of a bit more relaxed. But I'm feeling a lot of pressure. Um, Mainly because, you know, for those of us who have been Christians for 20 years, how many sermons have we heard? Maybe a thousand. Is there anything that I could truly say to you that you haven't already heard? We're going to try. Um, I used to, um, uh, mm, I wonder, mm, where's Joe? Joe? Oh, there. Can, can we play some keys? Cool. So what you've got to know about me is um, I tend to... Um, I'm probably a little bit different to the regular teacher. I'm not really a teacher, although I do like to teach. I'm, I'm not really a, a preacher, though I do like to preach. I consider myself to be someone who, who likes to move in the prophetic. And I, the, the reason, I, I believe that um, the, the most powerful impact that a, a preacher can have is not necessarily what they say, but what you catch. It's, it, um, Pastor Don McDonnell always says, it's better caught than taught. Um, and so before, before I start anything, I really want to make sure that we're present in the moment. I'm present in the moment with Him. And we're making the environment an environment that's conducive to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. We can come in, we can have another service, we can walk out the door. And we can do it unchanged. But what if this morning God wants to say something to you that's going to change your spirit, heal your soul, strengthen your mind, and that you could potentially go out of this place 
um, stronger in your faith, loving God more, loving His people more, loving His Word more. That's my heart for any time I get up here to speak. I think it's, to be honest, I think it's the heart of every person who gets up here to speak. But as, as someone who likes to move in the prophetic, I really feel that I have to just take a moment to set the tempo in the room, that we focus on Him and we let Him speak. Not necessarily through me, my words will fill the space, but may He use the words that I speak to impart revelation to you guys, you know. So how about we stand to our feet for a moment? Every believer in this place, let's lift up our hands, lift up our hearts. And just in your own way, begin to call on the name of the Lord that His manifest presence would be here this morning. If you speak in tongues, you're welcome to do that. If you don't speak in tongues, begin to pray. Ask God for revelation this morning. Ask God for His presence to indwell you this morning. Something to move in your spirit this morning. Oh Lord, would you come and have your way in this house? We don't want to go any further without you. We don't want to go any further without you. If we take a step, we want you to step with us. In fact, Lord, as you step, we're going to follow. Would you pour our revelation this morning into our minds and our hearts and into our spirits, into our souls? Would you bring healing like a wave? Would you bring healing like a flood? Would you renew and restore? Lord, would you pour water over dry land? Father, would you refresh us? Father, you are all we need. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Pour it out. Pour it out. We thank you, Lord, that you say wherever the... Um, if we were to ask for your spirit, you would just you wouldn't give. If we were to ask for bread, sorry, you wouldn't give us a stone. In fact, you give the spirit to us liberally. We thank you, Lord. I feel like we should sing. I feel like we should sing. <laughs> Where's the band? I know this is really off the cuff. Come on up. Come on up. It was probably going to happen. You know it was probably going to happen. It's a, it's a band that's coming up. Um, did you know I have a cat? That's real spiritual, eh? Bring the cat into it. You know I've got a cat? One day, a dog ran into the house. A dog ran into the house. This is not our dog. We don't have a dog. We have a cat. Otherwise, I would have said, did you know we have a cat and a dog? But we, we don't. We just have a cat. So let's move on, Jean. Okay, sweet. So we have a cat. This strange dog runs into the house. And um, the, the dog runs. We live up 
we've got some stairs, it runs up the stairs. And as it's going up the stairs, our cat, I'm so proud of him. He's only a little guy. Like, he's smaller than the average male cat. He turned sideways and he went, Shh. just so you guys, you know, so we're doing this in 3D. He turned sideways and he went, Shh. like this. He turned sideways and he went, Shh. he didn't want the dog in the house. He didn't want the dog in the house. Do you catch what I'm saying? He didn't want the dog in the house. It was his house. He wanted his family in the house. He didn't want the dog in the house. How often on Sunday, how often in this moment do we let the dog into the house and we don't even think that we should turn around and say, get out of here, devil. Get out of here. This isn't your house. This is the Lord's house. This is my house. This is my family in this house. And nothing, not one thing is going to get between God and this house. I'm going to turn sideways and get you out of here. In Jesus' name. You know, the beautiful thing about worship, the powerful thing about worship is that it says, God is preeminent in this place. There's no one like Him. He's number one. Not until the people of God say that, is He that. He's with us, but He's not preeminent. Preeminence is the difference. Make Him preeminent. Say there will be nothing that will get between God and this house. There'll be nothing that gets between God and this time. There'll be nothing that will get between God and my revelation. Nothing between God and my healing. Nothing between God and seeing His power move in my life. Sometimes God moves in spite of His people. But most of the time He moves in step with His people. Did you hear me? God can, and He does, move in spite of His people. But most of the time, most of the time, He moves in step with His people. That means it's on us. If we want to have a powerful moment in God, it's on us. Interestingly, the Bible says you will will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. What if He was here now with the power to heal? What if He was here now with the power to save? What if He was here now to meet with you right where you're at in the midst of whatever you're going through? Well, He is. And all it takes is for us to step out in faith and reach out to Him and believe Him. Amen. I want to pray for some people in light of everything that I've been saying I I did want to pray there was one group of people in particular that I wanted to pray for and then I want to talk a little bit more about it I really felt 
<laughs> in light of current events, it's probably not the most prophetic thing to say, kind of reading the room. But typically, when there's a change of government, as we lead up to an election, things get a bit unsettled. You know, there's a little bit of, like, what, what's going to happen? And even in our lives on a daily basis, a lot of us struggle with what's coming up, what's going to happen. Anxiety, worry, depression, stress, all these kind of things can weigh quite heavily on us. And I felt God saying, set aside a time to pray for those people who are just going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. In the battlefield of the mind, we just got to get alongside them and pray for them. So just before we all sit down and everything like that, um, I would love for those of us in the room right now who are just feeling a little bit of anxiety, a bit of stress. It doesn't have to be about the election. It could be life in general. Maybe it's something a family member is going through. It doesn't even have to be you. I'd love for you to just raise your hand. And then what we want, I want us to do, the believers, is I want us to gather around each other and pray for each other, support each other. So nice and nice and high so people can see. You know, the house of God is one place where you can get real, right? There's a few hands around the place. Now, believers, this is where we gather around and we support each other. Come on. Want us to just turn around, find someone who you can pray for. If you can't get near someone, stretch out your hand. Just begin to pray. This is the church in action. This is not the preacher preaching. This is the church in action. Pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of faith. about God is that He meets us where we're at. He always has, He always will. You know, He met Peter and John when they were fishing, they were fishermen. They weren't in the synagogue praying and being all holy and stuff. He met them where, Jesus met them where they were at. And um, Elijah, Elijah does all the amazing stuff that he did on Mount Carmel runs away and 
hides in a cave. God meets him where he's at. What do I mean by that? Is that sometimes God does visit through a big fire. So we read that we read that scripture often. We we think it's about um, it's about that God is found in the small, still voice, the whisper, and He is found in the whisper. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes God is also found in the fire. Sometimes God is found in the earthquake, in the massive rushing wind. The truth is that He'll meet you where you're at. He's a gracious God. He's a loving God. He'll meet you where you're at. So just for those of us who are you know, going through a bit of a rough time right now, I just want to say don't lose heart. Just hang in there. He'll meet you. He'll be with you. He's never left you. He never will leave you. He's good. He's God. And he's with us. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, I don't, so it's funny. I think there's a few things in the gospel that Jesus talks about that we we um, we can hear it, we can agree with it, we can say yes, that's good and that's proper, that's right for us, but we sometimes struggle to to do it. Forgiveness is one of those things. Like we read, Jesus says, we forgive. We should forgive. We get it. And we actually agree that it's good. Um, But sometimes it doesn't always outwork in a Christian's life. Sometimes we can hold grudges and and not forgive. Um, um, The spiritual authority of the church is another one. I have given you authority over all the enemy's powers. We read it. We agree that it's true. But it doesn't always outwork itself the way that it should. Sometimes we live in a state of defeat. Materialism is another one. Jesus, over many times, says, store up for the, well, one time in particular, says, store for yourself treasure in heaven. Don't Store things where moth and rust can eat away. Store for yourself treasure in heaven. And we get it. We see it there. Don't seek after material things. And we agree that it's good. We know that there's something inside of us that says it's good. But for some reason, it doesn't always outwork itself in in the real world. The one that I would like to talk about today is worry. Worry is one of those things. In fact, we should probably read what Jesus has to say about worry. Yeah? And I'm, you know, for those of us who have been around for 20 years, um, been Christians for over 20 years, you've heard this so many times. My question is, um, do you still worry? Okay, here we go. Matthew 6, 25. This is what Jesus has to say about worry. He kind of says it all in the first verse. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. We could stop there. It's pretty black and white. Well, it's actually red in my Bible. Red and white. 
Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? It's kind of doubling down on that, eh? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry. So do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's gracious. He's good. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. A little bit of humor there at the end. A little bit of Bible humor at the end. Um, Worry is one of those things. Listen to this. Worry is the outworking of fear. And it's a precursor to bad stress, anxiety, and depression. So we're talking about worry, but preceding worry is fear. It's the inability to decipher what's going on. It's that consuming feeling that something's not right, encroaching on us. Then we begin to worry then out of worry spills all these bad things bad stress like there's actually some good stress but this is bad stress that comes out of worry um, uh, anxiety that, that feeling that knock in your stomach um, depression flows out of this all stemming back to fear Fear, what kind of fear? Fear that maybe I wouldn't have enough. Maybe I don't have enough. Maybe I can't do it. All of these thoughts go into in our heads and if allowed to, um, disseminate through our life. Now the antithesis or the opposite of worry um, is contentedness. Contentedness is the antithesis of worry. The opposite of worry is contentedness. Out of contentedness flows peace, hope, and joy. The pre that's the but the precursor to contentedness, the precursor to contentedness is trust. So where we have fear and worry and the outworking of all these things and anxiety and depression 
Um, the other way, trust outworks itself in contentedness and you can see it in things like peace, hope and joy. So what is contentedness then? That's the question, right? Okay, so we've defined that the opposite of worry is contentedness. How do we define contentedness? Philippians 4. Come on, Gene. Sticky fingers. Philippians 4.11. Oh, actually, we'll go from verse 10. I rejoiced I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. That's just setting it up. I am not saying this because I am in need. What a statement. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul, can you just tell us? Can you just tell us? You're beating around the bush a little bit here. You're saying you've figured it out, but you haven't told us what it is. Ah, Oh, he does. Verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, Paul isn't talking about Paul. Paul isn't looking on him and going, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, saying it's Paul. He's not saying it's Apollos. He's not saying it's Peter. He's not saying it's John. Who's he talking about? Pardon? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the secret to contentment. Jesus is the secret to contentment. See, you think it's money. Lord, if you just give me more money. Man, I know what my plan would be if the Lord gave me $10 million. Teresa and I have nutted it out on the kitchen table. What we will do is not give any money to anyone. We'll keep it all for ourselves and buy lots of cars. No, 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 that's not true. Made that up. That's what I was thinking. And I hope that Teresa would agree with me in the spirit, but she didn't. The secret of contentment is Jesus. We think it's money. We think it's profile. We think, man, I made it if I stand on this stage and I speak a sermon. Really? Because on the other side of that is a need for another message. Because on the other side of that is the need for more money. Because the money all goes. I just need to be higher up in my workplace. Maybe if they actually gave me some influence for a change and actually heard what I had to say then I would be happy. 
maybe if everything was to go right for me, if I didn't have this health issue, maybe if my family all became Christians. And the worry of all of that stuff consumes your mind and your heart, leading you to be anxious, depressed, and worried. But the secret to contentment is found in Jesus. Just Jesus. That is the most revolutionary thought. Just Jesus. Who on earth, who honestly could say, just Jesus? If that's the bar, it's pretty high. Just Jesus. Just Jesus? Well, you see, the thing is, with a lot of this stuff, we don't really know because we don't really try. And we often go back. We take one step forward and the water feels a bit deep. So we, we step back and we go back to what's comfortable and, um, and, and, and normal. Do you know what I mean? It's very easy to trust the materialism because we can see the physical result. It's very easy to, to put ourselves onto things because we can see the result. But contentedness comes from Jesus. And Jesus is invisible. And there's only the power of the Holy Spirit to convince you. So when you step out onto the water, man, it looks deep under there. I don't know if I can do that. It's just like Peter and John, the disciples, when they weren't too sure if Jesus was coming back, not that he hadn't told them, they run back to what they were comfortable with, being fishermen again. But what if, what if you stepped out onto the water and you made Jesus the center of everything, the center of everything? What if you took a step off the edge and said before anything else in my life, I put Jesus first. And you found yourself walking on the water. You don't have to worry about it. The secret to contentedness is in Him. You don't have to worry about your job. You don't have to worry about, about your bank account. You don't have to worry... <laughs> This is for Teresa and I. Don't have to worry about your car. Our car died the other day. So please, as I'm saying this, um, think that I'm speaking to myself as much as you guys. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about where your, um, whether your friend's going to become a Christian or not. You don't have to worry about whether the All Blacks are going to win. You don't have to worry about whether the government's going to be successful. You don't have to worry about anything. All you have to do is trust them. Actually, here's what you have to do. This is what Jesus says. 
So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. That's all we really have to do. So what am I saying by that? Just live a life that's pleasing for Him. Don't even worry about the sin. God's got that covered, past, present, future. Don't even worry about that. Just live a life for Him. That's all we have to do. Seek His righteousness and seek His kingdom. Seed the world with the love of Christ. And if you do those two things, the Bible says, and all of the other stuff will be added to you as well because He's a good God and He loves you. And here in then, uh, trying to be real clever. And here in ends the message for this morning. Can we stand to our feet, please? It's our, it's our protocol to open up the altar. So I'm going to open it up this morning because I do really feel that maybe some people want, people might want to respond and just say, Lord, I'm going to make a line in the sand. I, want to, I just want to set a place where going forward, I'm going to step off the edge. I'm not going to worry about that anymore. I'd love to pray for minds that have been a bit overwhelmed as well. If you want to come forward and be prayed for, please do. Um, and I just want to pray a blessing over you guys before I hand it back to Victor and the, and the team. If you, could, if you want to lift up your hands, that would be cool. It's not a, it's not, it's not a but I would highly suggest doing it. Oh, Father, we love you. You're such a good God. You're so gracious to us. You're so kind to us, Father. Pour out blessing after blessing on our lives. I know from personal experience, you've been so good to me, you've never let me go. And I just pray that revelation upon all of us this morning. And then, Father, we would just learn to trust you, that we would find peace in amongst a, a tumultuous and, uh, and, 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 and hurried world. I thank you, Lord, that you're good, that we can rely on you for everything we need, that we don't need to worry. I just pray for people who have got anxiety, stress, and depression even. Lord, would you just remind them of your goodness and grace today. Pour it out. Fill them up from the top of their head to the tips of their feet with your goodness and your kindness and your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.